Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wake your ass up. The Breakfast Club is on. Wake up. The Breakfast Club, Envy, and Charlemagne, the voice of the culture. You think I'm coming here when this shit ain't hot? See, y'all different. Y'all the culture. It's different. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all know what y'all talking about. This is probably becoming the most prominent form for hip-hop. Being here next to all of you guys, it's really big. Put it in perspective. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. Wake up. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Yes, and we have our special guest, Lauren LaRosa, hanging out with us this morning. Yes, she is. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, everybody. I'm back. How y'all feel today, man? I feel great. Yeah, I feel blessed, black, and highly favored. Uh, ready to serve on this fine Wednesday morning. Ready to serve uh, the beautiful listeners of The Breakfast Club. What's happening? All right. I ain't like my candles yet. Damn it. Carrie slipping with the candles all week. No, man. Carrie Washington will be joining us this morning. She has a new book called Thicker Than Water. We'll be chopping it up with her in a little bit. 
Come on, get your lighter. Get, get Did your, you tell the people Kerry Washington going to be joining us this no, morning? No, I didn't say that. No. You could tell them. I heard you. All right. Why you asked me? <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Make your conversation. I mean, that's what the radio show is all about. There you, know you go. I mean? Well, let's get this show cracking. Today is Lil Wayne's birthday, so can we start to make the, the show off with some Lil Wayne? Can we pull up some Lil Wayne, please? It is amazing how you ride Lil I'm Lil glad Wayne you, you realized you know who he is to the culture before his birthday. That's right. You was in here doing a versus with Nyla, getting bodied. Salute to 50. We love 50. He's an icon as well, but we told you that Wayne was the guy. Now all of a sudden you want to be all over all right. Wayne. Uh, so, Every see, time why, you why y'all start that? Like, because I, I, I just, just want to play his, you know what? It's Trick Daddy's birthday. Pull up Trick Daddy now. I mean, what? Now you're talking about another legend. What? You know what I'm, I'm just saying it's both their birthdays. I'm saying pull, 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 pull both their songs. I, I just feel like for, for Wayne, every time you say happy birthday, you should drop a reason why he's iconic too. This is not that homework. Is very true. This is not school. I, I just have never in my life. I, the, one, the one person people don't argue is Wayne. You are the only person I've ever heard in my life. It's only 31 years, but I mean, hey. Well, yeah, so is, is, he a, is he your favorite rapper? He's not my favorite rapper, but like I would never say that he's not iconic. In the, it, I, like, didn't, I didn't say he wasn't iconic. How you going to put words in my mouth? You, you don't have to be your favorite rapper in order for you to be objective and say he's top five dead or alive. Right. And if we're being Influence, real objective, top three. Fashion, lyrics. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite rapper? I figured what? Eminem. D-Max. V- 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 oh, Eminem. Oh, oh, you angry already this morning? Bubba Sparks. <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Uh, it's 602. I'm not going to lie, Lauren. That's disrespectful. It is. It is. <laughs> We're not carrying that, that, that into today. <laughs> We're not carrying that we, into uh-uh. today. Now, if, no. today, if today's Lil Wayne and Trick Daddy born day, uh, you know, T.I. had a born day this week. So if we were really prepared, we'd be playing uh, Stand Up. Uh, featuring Lil John, Trick Daddy, and Lil Wayne. That's off the Urban Legend album. Classic, classic record. Now you know we're not that prepared. What record we got? Classic, classic. We got a record, Weezy record. Way. Which one? Ah, we do a Millie. Let's do a Millie. Of course, Let's y'all do would a Millie. do a Millie. Let's do a Millie. Yeah, of course, y'all would do a Millie. Why y'all doing this one? Because Taylor Swift was dancing to it. <laughs> Y'all just I just can't Alright man Let's get the show cracking It's the Breakfast Club Good morning Front page news is next Morning everybody It's DJ NV Charlemagne the guy We are the Breakfast Club We got our special guest Co-host Lauren LaRosa with us And let's get in some Front page news Good morning Tiz Good morning Breakfast Club family DJ NV Lauren And Charlemagne the guy Good morning Now let's jump right into it Donald Trump Now they're saying He's liable for fraud Oh, yeah, that's what they are saying, meaning the judge. Uh, Let's listen to the report by ABC, and then I'll come back and we'll break down the details. A judge in New York has determined former President Trump committed systemic fraud, lying for years about his net worth by inflating the value of his real estate portfolio. The fraud was so overwhelming, the judge decided there was no need for him to even hear evidence or testimony at a civil trial set to begin next month. The judge found Trump inflated the value of his Fifth Avenue apartment in Trump Tower by as much as $200 million by claiming it was triple its actual size. Trump said Mar-a-Lago was worth up to $600 million when the judge said the Palm Beach estate's assessed value was no more than $27 million. The judge agreeing with New York Attorney General Letitia James, Trump overstated his net worth by as much as $2.2 billion duping banks, insurance companies, and other business partners into giving Trump, his eldest sons, and their family real estate business better terms than deserved. Damn. That's insane. Yeah, I didn't know stuff like that was up to Trump. The judge, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know he, I didn't, he didn't know have that, to go to trial. I, thought, but no, no, I, I didn't know stuff like that was up to the person who owns the property. I thought, you don't, can, don't, don't they got to have people come out and uh, yeah, you appraisals, appraisals. Yeah, appraisals. Yeah, but I mean, no. the cra- uh, go ahead, Tess. Yeah, apparently, uh, 
it looked like there might even be some conspiracy going on because again, yeah, somebody has to do the appraisal, uh, but he was able to get it appraised for more, and that's the whole thing, the whole fraud piece. So yeah. So we forgot about this civil case. A lot of folks keep talking about. Remember, there's still four indictments, the January 6th, the Georgia election, the classified documents, the hush money. And then this is the civil case. I'm, I'm very confused for, for two reasons. One, I didn't know you didn't. I thought that everybody had a fair trial or a chance at a fair trial because the judge says we ain't even going to trial. I nev- I've never well, heard that well, before. This is a, well, this is a civil case. Civil case. So a judge. Yeah. So this was a civil even case. Even a civil so- case that you don't have to go to trial? Yeah, if it, the, wow. the, the, the evidence was so overwhelming that it, it wasn't any point of the trial. So with the trial, so what's going to happen on Monday or next week, if you will, uh, the they will decide uh, what the fee will be. So they're asking for two hundred fifty million dollars. So the trial technically, which really won't be a trial, uh, it will just be determine the penalties. In addition to that, the judge the judge ordered that his business licenses uh, basically be rescinded as punishment, making it difficult or almost impossible for him to do business in New York. Uh, they also want to continue to monitor uh the trump organization's operations uh which may cause him to sell some of his some of his buildings and of course his attorneys have said they will appeal so yeah civil is is different than criminal but you know you've seen judges even make decisions in criminal cases as well so that's insane. it's not unheard of you know how many people like black people brown people live in certain areas where even if you get appraisals they still will fight you on the value of your property to try and make it less of course and he can just inflate it like that yeah, that's I why wish I, I had that privilege that's why it's so interesting because once again I didn't know you as a property owner could do your own appraisals I thought you know there was a lot of checks and balances that go with that well any anytime I've ever purchased or, or sold a home like the bank orders an appraisal mm-hmm. you know it's not I, they don't listen to what i say i can't you know the, you have appraisal comes out that you don't know that usually the bank picks because mm-hmm. the bank calls and orders the appraisal it's their people that come mm-hmm. in there and assess the crib and assess the valuation and the properties next door and what recently sold and the size of your house and what's in it and that's how they usually get the appraisal i've never been able they never call me and be like hey what's the appraisal on absolutely your crib? even like, like <laughs> you just said even when you're purchasing a property i'll i'll send my own appraisal out there right to mm-hmm. make sure that i'm you know whatever that, they're asking the me for is what, right. I'm, what, yeah. I, what I should be paying. Right. So I don't know. This is a strange one. Are you surprised? Everything with that man is strange. Yeah, it makes you wonder, will Donald Trump ever, you know, win another court case in this country ever again or even get a fair shake? I don't I don't know. But will it matter? Because he still... No. Hiding no, behind the polls. No, 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 I don't one thing them people do is stick behind that man. But I do feel like uh, the Republican Party needs to move away from Donald Trump and I feel like the Democratic Party need to move away from Joe Biden but hey what do I know where are we gonna move to I say move I ain't talking about like physically move I'm no, to move I'm, away I know but I'm saying <laughs> no, I don't know that's somebody, that's you gotta something. put a, you gotta put a person there for us it, to it, I mean the Republicans got a, quite a few you'll see them tonight debating um, Democrat mm-hmm. bench is weak but you know, right. and, and, and just to bring you, uh, so excuse me, just a little bit of clarity. Uh, his ruling, which comes in the phase of a case known as a summary judgment, uh, resolves the key claim uh, in this case. So uh, this was decided to be a non-jury trial uh, that starts on next week as well. You know, just to determine the uh, determine how much he could possibly owe in penalty. So it was set up that way. All right, which can happen in a civil case. All right. Well, that is front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, phone lines are wide open again. 800-585-1051. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Charlamagne, Envy, what up? Are we live? This is your time to get it off your chest. I got an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. We can get on the phone right now and he'll tell you what it is. We live? 
Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning, uh, Breakfast Club. This is Prince. Prince, what up? What's Get it up, off your Prince? chest. How are you, sir? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I want to say um, hello to Charlemagne, DJ Envy, and your uh, guest host. Lauren LaRosa. Hi. Lauren LaRosa. Well, hey, anyway, I'm calling because I want to know how come you all and Tesla and Figueroa never talk about the um, supposed migrant issue up there in New York. We've discussed it many times. You know, many, many times. We've discussed it many times. And, and, and the problems and what the mayor's trying to do and, and the situations, we've definitely reported we, it. We a, literally a, a talked about it. Times. I don't know if it was this week or last week, and we were saying how it's a shame that, you know, you have veterans in this country, you know, who are mm-hmm. homeless, don't have room and board, but, you know, they'll make accommodations for the migrants immediately. We just were talking or about Or they were that. taking money week. from the uh, the different budgets that, that these kids need to, to help the migrants. And now uh, some of these uh, programs... They won't have money for it. We've definitely been talking about it. Now, apologize to us. Yeah. Well, I must have missed it. I consider myself a long-time listener. Well, thank you, sir. So, well, thank you, Prince. I, I, I missed that. All right. You all have a great one, all right? All right, cool. brother. Players mess up, too. <laughs> Hello. Who's this? Yo, Breakfast Club was good. It's Mitch, man, from Atlanta. Mitch from Atlanta. What up? Get it off your chest. What up, Envy? What up, Charlotte, man? I don't know who the guest host is. Lauren LaRosa. LaRosa this morning. Lauren, what's good? Hey, what's How up? How you doing? I'm doing great. Nah, man, I'm just feeling good this morning, man. It's, we we done made a halfway through the week. I normally struggle with getting up in the mornings, but I'm feeling good this morning. We made it to hump day. You know That's what I'm right. saying? I just wanted to call y'all and tell y'all I love y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. The world appreciates y'all uh, and everything y'all do. Getting us up every morning and we like love me. We love you too, you, Mitch. We're we here to be of service. Mitch, I want to ask you a question. Did life get hard for you after the Real Husbands of Hollywood when uh, they said a bitch was a, Mitch was a male bitch? Damn. <laughs> Uh, hey, Charlamagne, that don't apply to me, man. You know what I'm saying? I got my name from Tato Four. Money making Mitch is totally different. Oh, money, money Mitch. making Mitch. Okay, money making okay. Mitch. Got you, got you, got yeah, you. Yeah, money making Mitch. I'm out here making money right now. Money making Mitch. And I just want to say too before y'all let me go. Shout out to all the single full time fathers out there too. I'm one myself, and I know the scenarios normally switch, but we out here. You know what I'm saying? We outside screaming. I love that. I love that, brother. My brother. I love yeah, that kid. I got an eight-year-old prince, man. I'm raising him every day. We got a soccer game this Saturday. Let's go. Atlanta Dutch Lions. We lit. Good luck, bro. Salute to the Atlanta Dutch Lions. I love that for you, King. You hear that? You hear that? Are you yelling at He's me? He's talking to you, Lauren. Yeah, I know. No, I was not. He's looking at you, Lauren. I, I felt I... <laughs> We, did you like your poly? What is it? It's poly God, I'm just happy for that young, that young man. You know what I'm saying? He's a proud single father out here raising his young Black prince. father. Black father. Mm-hmm. Salute to that man out here defying all stereotypes. You hear me? Being of service. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Break it up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Keep calling. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Good morning. Hey, good morning, Mama. Get it off your chest. Yeah, so um, this is Jay from Monk's Corner. Monk's Corner, we out here. <laughs> Big Monk's, baby. Hey, What's happening? Um, So, Charlamagne, I wanted to know, you know how you have in your mental health expo? Uh-huh. Um, In New York, um, October 7th. I wanted to know, have you ever thought about, like, taking that on the road? And, like, you know how, like, Envy does his car shows to the different cities? Um, maybe taking yours on the road. Oh. Um, because, you know, some people can't get to New York, and it's expensive <laughs> to get to New York. So, like, you know, taking it around. 
Well, you know, there's other uh, events that are happening. You know, like Shanti Dawes is doing things. But yeah, we're, it's definitely something that we're, we're, we're thinking about. You know, but you we just had in South Carolina, right? Yeah, we just had the Low Country Mental Health Conference in uh, Charleston. Uh, it was uh, July 24th to the 26th. I don't know if you were you were in attendance for that, but we just had that in uh, Charleston, South Carolina. Salute to my man, Mayor Tech, Mayor Tecklenburg. Wow. Yeah, no, I wasn't, Charmaine. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, um, I didn't know about it until I spoke to Tech over the summer, and that's when I, that's when I decided to get involved. <laughs> but yeah, they do that every year in South Carolina. But no, you're right. The Mental Health Expo is something that um we probably do need to take on the road. So yeah, we'll keep that in yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to put that. Out. I thought about that when you were um, talking about it one day, and I was like, you know what? I wonder if Charlemagne never thought about that. So definitely. But thank you for doing that because mental health is real and people don't talk about it enough and I work in social work I'm a social worker and um you know that's something that we see a lot in the schools so yeah, we trying to. That's that's one of uh one of the pillars that I, my foundation, the Mental Wealth Alliance, wants to do. We want to get social emotional learning in all schools, uh, kindergarten through twelfth yes. grade, because kids yes, definitely that's need awesome. it. All yes. right, Mama. Thank well, you, Sean thank Shane. you so much. Thank you, Envy. Thank you for all y'all do. Thank you thank very you. much. Yeah, Saturday, October seventh, man, the Mental Wealth Expo, a day of mental health and healing education, is happening at the Marriott Marquis Times Square from eleven a.m. to four p.m. It is a free event. All right, so I'll see y'all uh Saturday, October seventh. Hello, who's this? Charlamagne, how about me you was going on a date on October 7th? Oh. Trav, you got to cut it up. You know I'm a married man, sir. <laughs> yes, he's a married man, Trav. <laughs> What's up, MB? What up, Trav? I appreciate you lusting Hello, over me, though. I can see why you would do that. Hi, I've been waiting to be here when you call. I always hear you call in. I've never been here when you call. Listen, I've been trying to call, mm-hmm. but, but MB been banning me ever since the Cowboys whooped up on his Giants, so you have to forgive him. You know, so not, you know he likes me. How y'all did last weekend, though, Trav? Asking for a friend. <laughs> how y'all did last week? Huh? We didn't play yeah, last, y'all weekend. Did last week. How y'all did last weekend? We didn't play this weekend. Okay. Oh, okay. We played Thursday. Anyway, y'all, I'm calling to talk about um, Philadelphia. If y'all kids are out here in these streets, y'all need to get them. Because I don't understand. Y'all know how Philadelphia cops work. They will beat y'all kids. They will do anything in the world to y'all kids. So, you talking about y'all hear looting and stealing. Mm-hmm. Please come get them. Yeah, you know what I didn't understand, Trav, man? I saw, like, all of those looters, you know, running into the stores, and then I saw the cops pull up, mm-hmm. and the cops jump on them, and then everybody starts screaming at the cops yeah. to not jump on them. What are the cops supposed to do in that situation? And and that, I don't think they understand that. Like, these Philadelphia cops are already stressed because it's, the murders in Philadelphia, they're already dealing with uh, us killing, killing each other repeatedly out here. So they're already high-stress anxiety. They did not playing no games with our kids. So get our kids off the street. But, and I also well, thought at the Apple store, I thought the display phones were were, were fake that you couldn't really use. No, the display phones were. Fake, but are they really trackable? You never went like. Yeah. I thought you could only use them in the store. I didn't think that you could put uh, anything on them and you actually use them. And and why would they steal from Lulu Melon? Lululemon. Oh, Lululemon. I think that they were just like doing whatever because mm. people are upset right now. Man, niggas I'm, wear tights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And y'all, laughs> but, but they do have a reason to be upset. That's not that. I don't want to forget that. They have a reason to be upset. Yeah, right. they do. Because well, thank you. Because Chad. that cop got off. All right, y'all. Have hey. a good one. Now, I was I was really thinking that. I'm like, what do y'all expect the cops to do in a situation like this? Like people started calling, record the police, record the police. 
No, record them motherfuckers that's looting. I think the issue is that people are comparing it to when, like, the Phillies win or lose. I'm not Phillies. The Eagles win or lose. And, like, they flip cars and they go crazy in Philly. Mm-hmm. And you literally will see the cops just standing and kind of waiting until things simmer down to get involved. And mm-hmm. then you got the looting and they come in. and You know, that that whole comparison. Of course, they grab a video of, like, the, the white people downtown going crazy mm-hmm. over the Eagles. And then you got these young black and brown kids running these stores because they're upset. And police coming in like quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm tired of y'all what about it. I think y'all what about it was a ridiculous. I really you do. You mad at the looters? Am, why? Yes, I would be mad at the looters. I'm a business owner. If you know, I'm a business owner, they, I wouldn't want nobody running up in my business. They're closing like seven targets. Taking products. People's exactly. <laughs> people y'all stealing. own targets? And the one y'all in Harlem, have money. The one in Harlem, they closing too because the people have been stealing. But, but no, see, it's, it's like, different but, if you're going to somewhere and stealing versus like, I, for instance, but, I wouldn't have known about this uh, Eddie Azari, the man that was killed by the cop. If the looting didn't happen. Oh, a looter got killed? No. So the oh. ba- we're going to talk about it in rumors today. But the background of this is there was a young man, he's 27 years old. He was killed by a cop. Mm-hmm. Um, break, co- break it down in rumors. Yeah, I'll break it down. Tease. But basically, yeah. I feel like I understand why they're upset and mm-hmm. it's bringing attention. I, I feel bad for the business owners. I'm a business owner too. But I mean, y'all got to abide by some rules of the people. You talked about the public pe- the public servants serving the people. That's the issue right now. Yeah, I'm confused. You got to you got. I got y'all. We going to get into it. I don't know what's going on no more. Yeah, but and I was going to say that the problem with all these stores is shutting down like in you know Target and Harlem it's now if people want to go shopping where can they go because yeah. now they can't go locally anymore they gonna have to travel take buses and cat taxi Philly cabs gonna, and Philly gonna rebuild they getting too much money in that in that, that downtown area right now but I think it's, it's a different situation but we'll get into it and are looters specific now I'm not talking about the ocean y'all know what I mean are looters specific <laughs> meaning specific? that are they saying oh, we're not targeting that store because it's black owners. owned like, right. like I mean they did Lululemon you, you shop there that don't make it right, yo. I'm not. I can't ride with that. That, gonna, don't, that don't make gonna, it. We're right. gonna talk about it when we come back. Those same people with that same energy will do the same thing to your store. They we'll, might. We'll talk about it when we come back. Rumors on the way. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. <laughs> she said you look good for 32. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, uh, in here being she, said, she said you look good for 32, Taylor. My homegirls are in here. You old. The ageism is crazy. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Oh, we are the, the Breakfast Club. Is crazy. Oh. Lauren LaRose is our oh special guest host. Let's jump right into the rumors. <laughs> this is a toxic Lauren place. So I've been here for a little bit. I've been here for a little bit. This is the rumor report. I think a lot of people will recognize the voice and the name. Here we, here we go. On the Breakfast Club. Lauren came in hot. You know, Didn't she, I, right? I came in telling the truth. <laughs> So uh, last night, there was a bunch of rioting uh, that took place in Center City, Philadelphia. Large Mm. crowds of juveniles uh, looted multiple stores, including Mm -hmm. uh, Lululemon, an Apple store, a Foot Locker um, in Center City. Uh, Now, the acting police commissioner, John Stanford, said that the looting has nothing to do with the peaceful protest that took place earlier after charges were dismissed against an officer who shot and killed a 27-year-old man named Eddie Irizarry. Um, Stanford also said that the police have made 15 to 20 arrests, so they aren't, um, and so far, uh, two firearms have been recovered, but they aren't sure if they're connected to the looting. Now, there have been over 100 juveniles and young adults that were involved, but at this time, police are not sure how many businesses were affected. There are videos going so viral online right now of all these kids, people running into these stores, police hopping on them, people are recording the police. It's it's just a lot going on in Philadelphia right now. I knew nothing about the peaceful protest, and I knew nothing about the cops killing that brother. What was his name? 
Eddie Irizarry. I knew nothing about that. So when I saw this video, I just thought it was a bunch of kids uh, looting. Right, because we've been seeing it all summer long. That they've yeah. been looting everywhere, you know. Louis Vuitton stores right. yep. and Macy's and Bloomingdale's. I've been trying to find the Louis Vuitton store looters. Oh my God, Gucci! <laughs> and, you know we've been seeing Chanel. Like they've been looting a lot recently. That, that that's what I thought it was too. I didn't. And, and I, didn't I will say, if that is their response to uh, the brother getting killed, these people need guidance. You know what I'm saying? Because if this is their response to those cops getting off, then they need to get with real activists who actually do this work and figure out a way to protest to bring attention to the actual issue. Because running up in Foot Locker, Apple, and Lululemon is not raising awareness to what actually happened. Because I didn't know any of this until you told. Well, I think that that's a really good point. We, I, I didn't know any of this either, and I'm, I'm from Delaware. I've been back and forth between LA and Delaware over these last couple months a lot. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that any of this was happening until the looting happened. Um, this happened on August 14th. That is when Officer Mark Dial and his partner were on patrol, and they came across Eddie uh, Irizarry, and the shooting happened, right? So from August until now, it's what? October? September? October? What mm-hmm. is Almost this October. September yeah. 27th. Today. There have been peaceful protests happening all the way from Puerto Rico to Philadelphia. So we were having a conversation in here earlier about if looting is effective and why, like, why take this route. Well, I think running up in someone's place of business and looting is whack rioting because you are fed up over cops killing us I'm not mad at riots are the language in the unheard but this is not a riot it, to me it sounds like niggas just wanted iPhones and tights that's what it sounds like to <laughs> me tights so the, the only, the only way I could wow. the only way I could say anything like looting is justified as if they are stealing food or medicine but Foot Locker Apple products and Lululemon man F that like nah yeah, and what Trav said earlier, you know, Trav, who, who calls all the time, I, I would say if you have kids out there, make sure you you know where your kids are and you watch your kids. And the reason for that is, yeah, I don't want to see any other kid get hurt. Yeah, I don't want to see right. another kid, you know, coming out of a store looting and, and, and police attack them and, and your child dies or your child gets hurt. Uh, I'm with Charlemagne when it comes to these things. I, I don't I don't have a problem with, 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 with protesting. I don't have a problem with, with doing things with, with need. But the fact that you guys are grabbing tights and some iPhones just seems a little weird. Yeah, well, if, if y'all were telling me that y'all was... Like I said, if y'all was hungry, grabbing food, they was grabbing food, they was grabbing medicine. I understand, you know what I mean. Inflation is sky high, things are crazy out here. But Foot Locker, Apple products, and Lululemon, man, please. Well, we have a report from uh, Six ABC just to give some uh, more context on what went down. This is cell phone video. Police making arrests at the Lululemon on Walnut Street. Authorities Sound investigating wild. reports that a caravan of vehicles moved around the city with followers jumping into the lawlessness. The looting started shortly before 8 p.m. 911 calls started coming in about a large group, possibly as many as 100, moving through Center City. Around 8 p.m., cell phone video shows a group of people taking merchandise out of a Chestnut Street footlocker. A number of juveniles got away, but police say at least one adult was arrested. Within 15 minutes, more looting reports. This time at Lululemon, you can see the piles of clothing on the floor. Around 8.15, the Apple store on Walnut was hit. Phones and tablets taken, though police say some of the goods have since been recovered. As of midnight, police say at least 15 to 20 people were arrested. Two weapons were recovered and one police vehicle sustained damage. Police say the looting had nothing to do with the earlier peaceful protests after a judge dismissed charges against a police officer who fatally shot Eddie Irizarry. Nah. Ste- stealing tights from Lululemon and then going to Foot Locker to get matching sneakers. They've been waiting to run up in Lululemon. It's expensive as all that stuff is. That's if, wild. If you're going to go for it, you might as well go for what you've been waiting for. But yes, but what are you going for is, is the point. So this, okay, so I, I wanted to play that report mm-hmm. because one of the important things that I said and that we hear in that report is that the police are saying that they do not believe that this looting is connected to uh, the police officer, Mark Dial, being let go on all charges for mm-hmm. shooting a man 
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiments and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose, I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robey, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Six times um, following uh, what they believe was just like a police stop. Now... We have the actual body cam from the police officer that shot um, the 27-year-old gentleman, Eddie Irizarry. And I want you guys to listen to this, and then we'll get into what you're going there for. Coming down B Street, and he starts flying in the bike lane, bangs it up Westmoreland. So I come over, I'm like, he's driving a high rate of speed. As soon as I make the right, he starts taking off again. He probably he came down whatever street this is here. I'm trying to come over air. I said, ask the 25th had anything. As soon as I make this left, it's the wrong way. I see a car here. I see him parking up. As we parked up, we got out. Dude starts, dude pulled out a knife. So as we as we pull up, dude starts freaking out. Pulls out a knife. I understand. We're not looking. I couldn't. I tried to get this door open. I couldn't. So like I said, we, as I pull up, he starts freaking out. We get out. Mark comes on the driver's side. I'm over here. I try to get the door open. I can't. He pulls out a knife. I tell him, like, Mark, Mark, he's got a knife. He's got a knife. And I guess he, like, I couldn't really see because I looked up and Mark, I saw his body come up like this and then Mark fired. So after this body cam, this is the partner of the officer who shot um, Eddie, mm-hmm. to correct that. But after this body cam was uh, released, uh, police then did a press conference. And in that press conference, they said that not only uh, was there a knife found, but they said that Eddie actually got out of the car and lunged at police officers. Now, when, when that happened, a neighbor had a camera in addition to this body cam that they gave to the family. And that was released. And in that video, you see... Yes, police do walk up to the car, but Eddie never gets out of the car. There were knives found in the car, but he never gets out of the car. Um, and the shoot, the, the shots happen. You really can't see the interaction between Eddie and the police officer, but mm-hmm. you just hear the shots go off, right? And then he's killed in the car. So people were upset. There was an officer that exchanged, what, like six bullets into a man who was sitting in a car. And he's completely let off of all charges. People are upset, and I think that people have a right to be upset. Absolutely. Yeah, but I don't believe this looting had anything to do with uh, that situation. And, and if it did, once again, these folks need guidance because that energy that they are using to run up in these stores can be used for something more productive that brings actual awareness to the situation because I had no idea about this case or the officer but, getting off. And I still don't know what running up in Lululemon got to do with anything. But you're talking about it right now, though, because of the running up in Lululemon. I guess, yeah, Maybe. But I think it, if looting wasn't so so huge nowadays, because they've been looting everywhere recently. Yeah. They've been looting in you know in Philly, in New York. They've so that's been why when we San saw Francisco, the video, it was Atlanta. just like, oh, they doing it in they Philly just feel now like too? They're just doing right. it again. It, 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 what I've seen, it, I didn't know it, like you said, it had anything to attach to it. i just seen it happening again. I just heard that they did something in Long Island, Long Island. More. I think they got Montclair again. Like I've been seeing it so much. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, I just that, want these people to get with real activists who actually do the work and figure asking. out a way to protest. They yeah. want protest. real activists. They the, want they they're asking for a lot of people yeah. to get involved, and I think that this will help too. They can get some structure down there. Some of the people that we trust, and I, hopefully something happens. I just right don't want to see anybody we, else get hurt. That's 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 my whole thing, especially those young juveniles. Because all we see right now is niggas with new iPhones and tights. Okay. You want some Lululemon tights? No, it's too expensive. <laughs> Right. People cheaper. You I want Fashion Nova? I would never go in Lululemon. What about Fashion Nova? You know he is nah. sexy red type. Sheen? I do a little Sheen. You do a little Sheen. I do a little Sheen. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we got front page news with Teslin Figaro. And then Kerry Washington will be joining us. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. 
Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got our special guest host, Lauren LaRosa, and let's get in some front page news. What up, Tiz? What's going on, DJ Envy? Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Charlemagne the God. Good Peace morning. Mm-hmm. Now, let's jump right into it. Biden, he joins the picket line. Yeah, he went yesterday. It was historic to have a president actually join the picket line. He went on Tuesday and alongside the United Auto Workers uh, in Michigan. He grabbed his megaphone and encouraged the workers to hold the line. Let's listen to the report. Wearing a union ball cap and armed with a bullhorn, President Biden told the striking United Auto Workers to keep fighting for higher wages. We built the middle class. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. So let's keep going. You deserve what you've earned, and you've earned a hell of a lot more than you're getting paid now. Yeah. Yeah. President Biden, who exchanged fist bumps with the workers, the historic visit to the picket line was personal and political, underscoring a long career backing labor. To have the President of the United States walk the picket line in support of workers, that's huge. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, big deal. I'm, I'm glad, you know, that he went out there. The White House, uh, they said that he was not going to get into the negotiations, but uh, President Biden did weigh in on it. A reporter asked him if they should get a 40 percent pay increase. The president said, yes, they should be able to bargain for that. Now, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Uh, former President Donald Trump will be there today. Uh, and he has accused President Biden of only visiting because he is visiting. He actually made a statement that said Crooked Joe should be ashamed to show his face before these hardworking Americans that he's stabbing in the back. He said, well, Biden, it doesn't matter what the hourly wage, hourly wage is, because in three years, there'll be no auto workers because of China. Damn. Well, I mean, it's definitely political for both of them. Like I said yesterday, majority of Americans agree with the strike. So, you know, them going out there and standing with the workers, they both on the right side of history. Mm-hmm. Everybody but Tim Scott. He's the only one that doesn't everybody, agree with Tim. Everybody but Tim Scott. But I don't care, man. I'm still uh, sticking to the fact that I think Republicans should move away from Donald Trump and uh, Democrats should move away from Joe Biden. Those two are not the best. You're not going to tell me those two are the best that America has to offer. No, not at all. Well, yeah, but that are they're not offering anybody else up. That's so what what, what, what do they do? They definitely not offering anybody else up on the Democrat side. So I don't know, man. I feel like we're gonna find ourselves in a position next year to where. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them may be around. Like, like, old age? Yeah. Like literally? I don't. I don't know. I just. I just. I just feel that way. Right. I just feel like there's gonna be something where neither one of them are gonna be in this in in the mix, and I think it's gonna happen in the bottom of the ninth inning, and everybody gonna be scrambling to figure out what the hell to do. I just feel that. Yeah, I'm just nervous that Biden's gonna be like, what's the uh, the congressman that that every once in a while he just zones out, and I, I feel like Biden's gonna be that in a little what bit. Mean, in a little bit, he like that now. They both like that. To be honest with you, what are you talking about? What do you mean in a little bit? He well, he ain't zoned out yet. He just fell down a couple of times. Oh, he ain't zoned out. Oh, you mean like Mitch McConnell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah he zoned out a couple of times. He shook a couple of people's hands that weren't there, but he ain't zoned out yet. <laughs> he ain't zoned well, out yet. LL Remind Cool J, whatever their LL J Cool J, J Cole, J Cool. That boy good. Well called him J Cole. That boy good. All right, now let's talk about uh, religious versus spiritual. Yeah, quick question. Are you guys? Let me ask a quick poll. Are you religion, religious, or spiritual? Which one, Envy? Uh, spiritual. I would say spiritual. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent spiritual. I've been, I've been figured uh, that out about myself. 
Okay. Well, this was a good poll. 82% uh, say that they are religious, spiritual, or both. 18% of folks say that they are neither spiritual or religious. Uh, up to not, That's up 9% in 1999. Uh, the percentage also says that the religion is went down to 54%. Now, the decline in Americans identifying as religious is consistent with trends for uh, other polls. Now, what I thought I found this about this really interesting is they even put this into party politics. Uh, they said that among the party group, 61% of Republicans are most likely to identify with religion, which is where you get a lot of those strict, you know, strict things like abortion or uh, marriage against same-sex marriage, while 68% say, 28%, I'm sorry, say that they are spiritual. More independents say that they're religious than spiritual. And Democrats say they are equally about spiritual, a spiritual 41% and religious 37%. So, interesting poll that I found. Just kind of want to see where you guys, you know, landed on that. So, the bottom line is uh, the religion is going down and spirit being spiritual is going up. What are you, Lauren? Religious or spiritual? I would say I'm in the middle because I just looked it up. At first, I said spiritual, but I feel like I'm a little bit of both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I grew up very religious because my grandmother was a Baptist and my mother is a Jehovah Witness. And then, uh, you know, my father studied Islam. But I think as I got older, I just grew more spiritual because I wasn't uh, I wasn't tied to any one religious practice. Mm-hmm. See, you I'm know? tied to certain religious practices for the same reasons of like my upbringing mm-hmm. but there's certain stuff that I was taught with my upbringing that now I'll be like nah, question really a little bit yeah I'm like yeah. Mm, I don't know if I believe that or even if I believe it I'm not living by that yeah yeah see, yeah, see I grew up Baptist but then I went to Catholic school all my life so it was mm-hmm. always a left or right and like similar to what you said you start seeing things that, that make you question things Say so, you know what I'm gonna take a, a couple of steps back And I, I'll have my own relationship I mean, Even questioning the Bible Like you know When they tell you things Like Adam was the first man Eve was the first woman Then they had Cain and Abel Cain killed Abel But then Cain went off And found a wife How? See I, I, I it, Like just hearing you Question the Bible I'm like oh my god How? Gonna Call me and give yes, me an ear yeah. That's how ca- quiet I got just asking questions. I just want to know how. If there's only four people on the planet. But then if you ask questions, they get upset with you asking questions. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because I think people have blind faith in things. And then when it comes to the Bible, that blind faith like disappears. It's like, why not just Yeah, and everybody it? make excuses. Like Deuteronomy 14, they tell you, don't touch the flesh of a dead pig, nonetheless eat it. I y'all chit- niggas love pork. Chitlins, that's the only pork I do. <laughs> you know, that's the only pork I do. <laughs> bacon is amazing. Oh, I do bacon a little what? bit. What? I love bacon. But chitlins is like, I don't want to hear nothing about it. You can't talk me out of that. Chitlins? You like chitlins? I love chitlins. How you like chitlins? How you like chitlins and then like that white man? Like, that's totally two different sides. Like, chitlins on one side and the white man on the other? We said we was we was going to that. You keep bringing up You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. We got to balance it out. I'm, I'm a Virgo. Okay, yeah, because you just keep holding on. I'm to sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. That's front page news. Thank you, Tiz. Uh, Lauren just loved white meat. That's, 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 all, exactly. we, that's all we learned in the last couple of days. First this of all, I, I am a no, dark meat because white meat be dry. Oh, you just said I love chitlins. Chitlins. You love chitlins and Ch- Travis Kelsey. Chitlins don't really count as like white or yeah. Oh yeah. Chitlins ain't meat. Yeah. It's guts. It's guts. Oh intestines. my God. I, I don't care how many documentaries you send me, what you say, I'm going to eat some chitlins at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, God bless you. My mom I hope you pray over that. My mom will cook New Year's Eve. Oh my God. You know oh, when you me. pray over chitlins and bless the food, God ignores your prayers. He sends them to this, he sends them to this fan folder. You know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. I never heard that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Tez. Absolutely. And make sure you subscribe to Tesla Figaro's podcast, The Straight Shot, No Chaser podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. And follow at Tesla Figaro on all social media platforms. All right. Now, when we come back, Kerry Washington will be joining us. She has a new book, Thicker Than Water, and we're going to kick it with her when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. 
The Breakfast Club. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We have Lauren LaRosa, our guest host, and we got a special guest in the building, ladies Big and gentlemen. Legend energy. <laughs> Kerry Washington. That's right. Welcome. Hi. Yes. Good morning, Miss Washington. Thank New book out, Thicker Than Water. Congratulations. Thank you. Learned so much about you uh, with this book. First, it, it, maybe it's just me being stupid. I didn't know you were from the Bronx. Really? I did, I did not oh, know that. Yeah. I, from the Bronx. I didn't know you were from the Bronx. Born yeah. and raised in born the Bronx. And, born and raised. You know what I say? I say the craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. Why? What? Why? Have you seen the news? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree on Florida. But why the Bronx? And people I think the Bronx some of the most think... talented people that is true in the too. world come from the Bronx. That is very true, yeah. too. Now, how did you know now is the time to write Thicken and Water? So, what I write about in the book is that a handful of, like, five years ago, my parents sat me down and um, shared with me some new information about myself mm-hmm. that really kind of challenged the way that I thought about myself, that I thought about my family, turned my world upside down. And at the time, I had actually sold another book idea, which was based kind of inspired by the show that I was on Scandal and it was like mm-hmm. these are the 10 things that I learned from Olivia Pope but every time I sat down to write that book all I could think about was this new information I'd been given and how it impacted my family and my sense of self and so I wasn't going to write a book at all I tried to give the publisher their money back but they wouldn't take it Wow. Um, wow. and then a few years later I was like I think I have to at least try to write this book because you said your parents didn't want you to reveal that information yeah yeah so my, you- my, my parents told me that they were sort of forced to tell me that my dad is not my biological father mm-hmm. yeah how did that affect you because i mean he's still your dad at the end of the day we've he seen the pictures we've seen you, you know the him dad dancing jokes on dad. instagram yeah, yeah. So, so how did that affect anything after you were told so i think immediately when they told me it was weird I, to be totally honest with you i felt like excited i felt excited and grateful because mm-hmm. I had always felt like there was something going on in my family that I couldn't put my finger on, but it was like a dynamic of distance or like there was, I just knew that I didn't know what I didn't know, but I knew that, that there was something between my parents and I, and because I didn't know what it was, a lot of times I blamed myself for that, or maybe thought I was crazy for thinking it. Maybe thought maybe I'm just not open enough. Like I, I I was always trying to figure it out. So when they told me, it felt like. I don't know. It felt like I could breathe. It felt like, oh, this is this is a real opportunity for me to jump into this new kind of understanding of mm-hmm. myself and my life. And, you know, it was it was really exciting when you would ask questions about like just different things like, hey, uh, you go to the doctors and they say, you know, what illnesses are on your mom's mm-hmm. side, your dad's side. When you would ask your dad, your mom, those questions, how would they answer it? As if my dad was my father. Mm-hmm. Wow. They were going to take this to their grave. And I, I get it. I totally understand, right? Like they're protecting you. Yeah, they, I think they they felt like. Well, first of all, let me just say this: my parents are renegades, right? Like a lot of us now, we know people who go to sperm donor sperm banks, right? It's like very common, mm-hmm. relatively now. And you get a whole catalog. You can pick the color of the eyes mm-hmm. and right. what Ivy League university they went to. But when my parents did this in the mid seventies, nobody was doing this. Mm-hmm. This was highly experimental, highly secretive. It was a big risk they were taking. It wasn't like they had complete health screenings for the donor. They had no idea who the donor was. Mm. They said we asked two things: let him be healthy. Who knows what that means at the time, right? But like we want him to be healthy and we want him to be black wow. because they wanted this to be a secret. So yeah, you know, you talk about uh, your eating disorder and dealing with how you felt about your body and your looks. Yeah, uh, I wanted to know what got you in that point. And the reason I ask is, I have four daughters. Charlemagne has four daughters. 
Uh, and I always want to make sure I try my hardest to give my daughter as many compliments as possible, right? Because yeah. you never want them to feel that way. But sometimes I don't think that matters because it's also how they look at themselves. Yeah. So what got you to that point where you didn't like what you seen in the mirror or something that yeah. you weren't happy about? It's such a good question. I have daughters too, right? So it's something that I think about a lot. I, I think that the food, it's like any other kind of addictive behavior. It's not about the drug. It's not really about the food or even really about the relationship with body. It came out from a compulsion of trying to escape the feelings I was having mm -hmm. or numb them. And so I think for me, it was this sense that I write about in the book of feeling like I had to be perfect. Um, like I had to be better than who I was in order to be deserving of love. And some of that came from like, why, why, why do I have this weird dynamic with my parents? Like, what's going on? Maybe if I was better, prettier, smarter, um, thinner, then, then I might be more lovable. So I don't even, you know, I mean, I do think like we, it's important to teach our kids to make healthy choices when it comes to exercise, to make healthy choices when it comes to food, to teach them about nutrition, about how food works in the body. All that's important. But I think helping a kid to feel unconditionally loved, mm -hmm. to feel safe, those are the things that I think help us have the tools to live in life on life's terms as opposed to grabbing at addictive behaviors to escape life. Now, I'm, I'm jumping all around because I want people to read the book, Thinking in Water, but you talked about, uh, you know, always striving for perfection. Yeah. But you said Jamie Foxx taught you a very valuable lesson yeah can you explain what that was yeah i think jamie i mean i i've been really lucky i've been lucky enough to work with jamie twice on ray and django Shango. unchained um classics but, by the way Both yeah ways. truly um he's he's the best um and jamie's taught me a lot about a lot of things but one of the things is in my work as an actor to you have to let go of that perfection idea because we were doing a scene together in Ray. It was the scene where I find, speaking of drugs, where I find all his heroin works um, the first time as his wife. And, you know, we had done it in the morning. We had hit it out of the park. And I was like, oh, we are on fire. This is incredible. And then as the day went on, I kept trying to do it exactly the way we had done it earlier that morning so that it would be in that perfect place that mm -hmm. felt so good. And right. that's the beginning of death as an actor. Like, you, you can't try to recreate magic you have to keep cultivating new magic mm -hmm. right like you have to truly be in the moment and Jamie really helped me to realize that. I was frustrated in the scene and he was like you gotta you gotta keep digging you gotta let go of this morning and that was a really powerful lesson why me. was it easier to find that in acting as opposed to real life well I guess I hadn't learned how to apply that to the rest of my world you know there right. was like it was in a vacuum it was an isolated kind of moment but it's a good question. I mean, that is the lesson, though, right? Mm -hmm. Is that, like, the answer is never about perfection. It's always about, like, what's the best possible version of my life in this moment, mm -hmm. of me in this moment. Now, you did say something. I heard you say that uh, parents do the best that they can. Mm -hmm. And then it's up to us to parent ourselves after that. Mm -hmm. Explain that. Well, I think, like, one of the things that I've truly come to terms with in writing this book is that my every choice my parents made was out of love. They weren't trying to be cruel. They weren't trying to hurt me. They really thought that this was the best choice. And by the way, doctors back then said it. Like, artificial insemination was so new. They would say, you do this thing, and then you go home and have sex. And then you have plausible deniability. And nobody knew 40 years ago there would be these home tests, 23 and ancestry. Mm -hmm. you, you had no idea. 
So they were like, go home and have sex. Then the kid's yours. End of story. Nothing to talk about, right? (laughs) And so I think my parents didn't want me to feel different. They didn't want me to feel weird. They didn't want me, ironically, they didn't want me to feel distance from them, even though that's what wound up happening. So I know that they made loving choices or choices out of love, even if they didn't feel loving to me. Um, But I think we have to, for me and my journey, it's been like, it's been good to understand who they were, to have compassion for their choices. But I can't blame them for where I am now. Like now that I have awareness, I have to say like, okay, they gave me everything they could with as much love as they could. How do I now close the gap between what they gave me and what I need? That's my responsibility as an adult. If I just sit here and continue to complain about what they didn't give me, then I'm keeping myself a child. Mm. All right, we got more with Kerry Washington. When we come back, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Our special guest co-host, Lauren LaRosa, is here. And we're still kicking it with Kerry Washington. Lauren. What's that conversation like with your kids? Like once yeah. you decided to take this world to your kids and even deciding to write the book and now you're, you know, because your kids, I'm sure they're friends and everybody knows who you are. So yeah. how do you have that conversation with them and kind of how are they responding to things? You know, it's funny. Like I was saying before, this is so common now. Like it's not news to my kids. They right. were they were so unimpressed. <laughs> like, you know, they're in their classes. They have kids with two dads and two moms. So they have friends from sperm donors, friends from egg donors, friends who are adopted, friends who were born from surrogates. Like, they, they also, like, we're a blended family, right? They're big sister. You know, when, it, when you would look at the three of them, their big sister has four parents. Like, having me having another parental figure in my story is not weird to them. For my parents, they came from a world where what makes a family was very different. But right. the ideas of what makes a family now is much more open. So, you know, they, they know. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Obviously, the conversation I have with my 17-year-old is very different than the conversation I have with my six-year-old. Right. But I want to be a home where we're open and honest and where they feel like they can ask anything. Mm-hmm. What about when you decided to, because I know in this book you talk about the abortion that you had at 20. Yeah. That is something that is like in so. In my 20s. In your 20s. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's around Save the Last Dance time, right? Yeah. So you were, you know, highly successful at this time. When you, I know, but it's in a chapter that I call Black Famous because I was like, I mean, you know how we are. Yeah. Like, white people didn't necessarily know that the girl from Save the Last Dance was the same girl from Ray, was the same girl from Last King of Scotland. Right. So we knew, I, you know, but so yes, I was, uh, my star was on the rise, but it wasn't, I wasn't like, I could still go to the grocery store and it was all good. I, I want, I love your self awareness. Did you realize you were Black Famous when you were Black Famous? Yeah. Or was that in hindsight? <laughs> no, in the moment. Because okay. I knew. You know, it was like I knew I could walk down the street on 57th and Madison and be fine. Mm -hmm. But if I was in the Bronx, it was like, oh, 
or like at the time I was a I was a substitute teacher in New York City public schools that was one of my many side hustles when I was trying to make a living as an actor and it was funny because I would get hired into the school and the principals who were white you know the principals vice principals they would be like so nice to meet you great they bring me to the classroom they had no idea who I was but then I would be asked to leave a school because by the second day, all the kids were cutting class to see Chanel from Save the Last Dance mm-hmm. because they knew who I was because I was substitute teaching in Harlem. So it was like that dynamic. I understood that certain people knew who I was and other people didn't. What's more fulfilling, being black famous or white famous? I think you have to have both. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that, that Chris Rock taught me. Mm-hmm. Like you just you can never, ever forget your core original first audience you cannot because that that other audience will come and go there'll be ebbs and flows but black people will hold you up throughout if you if you stay with us we stay with you i feel like that's what made scandal such a hit absolutely Mm -hmm. i mean we were part of the birth of black twitter Mm -hmm. um at the time so i one of my best friends from high school she's a brilliant social media person allison peters she actually convinced me to go on Twitter and I was like, what, why, I don't know. And she was like, she had come out of Viacom and was like, it's really important, you need to do this. And she and I kind of talked Shonda Rhimes into talking the cast into being on Twitter. And we were one of the first shows to do live tweeting and to really have event television at a time where people were no longer watching shows in real time unless it was like a basketball game. Mm -hmm. And so that conversation around the show was our grassroots movement like we had black twitter on fire people like oprah eventually were like i only started watching scandal because it's the only thing people talked about on thursday nights on twitter Mm -hmm. so yes in that first season it was absolutely because black audiences you know how culture follows us Mm -hmm. so black audiences made it that you had to be there to tune in and suddenly it trickled out into the rest of the world how often do people come up to you to figure all the time and to be honest because the show was inspired by a real woman judy smith who's a real dc fixer who never slept with the president but was a real fixer and i have her on speed dial so people also will come to me to get to her wow um because they know she is truly able to fix stuff have you, have you needed her I haven't needed her, but I've okay. sent other people to her. Gotcha. Yes. I, but I've talked to her. I mean, like, not not on like a I'm in jail, it's 2 a.m., help me out. But like, you know, if there's a rollout of a movie and I'm like, I don't know, this director is a little bit of a problem. What do you think? You know, I've done, I've had those kind of conversations with her. Yeah. But people do, you know, it's funny, like, it'll happen in political moments. Like, a lot of my political work now is inspired by the fact that in 2016, the morning after the election, when that awful rapist, racist person was elected, that when I woke up all over social media, people were like, you have to save us. What are you going to do? Please, Olivia Pope. And it was funny for a minute. And then I was like, we have a real problem in our culture because we... We don't realize that Olivia Pope is an imaginary character on mm-hmm. a television show and that every single person who wrote one of those tweets, they have more power than Olivia Pope because she can't vote. Mm-hmm. She can't register voters. She can't volunteer. She can't knock on doors. But it's like we've given our power over to imaginary people because we have this hero worship, right? right. So we're not stepping into our power because we're looking for somebody else to solve our problems for us. So a lot of the work that I've been doing has been trying to figure out how to turn the spotlight that's on me onto those grassroots organizations and people who are really doing the work. So when people saw you with uh, the vice president the other day, yeah, it probably was the they same thing. They went crazy. Thing. Yeah, she's yeah. back. She's back. She's at the back. White House. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to ask one more question about uh, your your father. How, how did finding out your father wasn't your biological father change your views on parenthood? Oh, man. Well, one thing I say in the book is, and it's what I feel, is that in our community where people have historically had such difficult relationships, right, where there's this history of dads maybe not being present. You know, in the neighborhood that I grew up in, I grew up in one of the few households where the dad was around and you know my parents were still married and the fact looking back that that my dad really did choose me that he Mm -hmm. was there he's been there for me the whole time that he's been this you know parental force in my life that he's my dad that he chose me that I belong to him and he belongs to me it almost meant more than it ever did before um and I feel really grateful mm-hmm. you know now you, com- you contemplated suicide at one point yeah well, I mean, what, what, what got you there first of all and then how did you get through it because I'm sure there's, there's people listening now that might be in that same zone and trying to work themselves through it every day so what got you to that point where you felt that way and then how did you get over that obstacle when you say there might be people listening who feel that way it's like my heart breaks because I just know how hard it is to feel that alone and that hopeless so if anybody's listening and is feeling that way the one thing i would say is to ask for help Mm -hmm. you know is to really ask for help because you are you feel alone but i guarantee you you are not alone um and for me that was the big thing was i mean number one it was the first time that i truly got on my knees and talked to god Mm -hmm. and was like i need help (laughs) like i don't i because i felt like I really don't have any tools. I don't I don't know what to do. So it was the first time that I think I humbled myself enough to feel like there's got to be something bigger than me that points me in the direction of healing. And I started reaching out. I went to therapy for the first time, group therapy, one-on-one. Like I just really started committing to trying to walk this road of healing. I swear by it. I swear by therapy. Yeah. All right, we got more with Kerry Washington. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Our special guest co-host, Laura LaRosa, is here. And we're still kicking it with Kerry Washington. Charlemagne? You're talking about traveling. In the Black Famous chapter, you talk about going to Africa. Yeah. To become African. How, yeah. how, how did that trip change you? Um, so I was filming Last King of Scotland. That was my first time on the continent. And it was great because I do feel like Sometimes as black people in America, we go to Africa with all these like, do I belong here? Do I feel at home? Like, what is my relationship here? And I just had to put all of that aside because my focus was on just kind of dropping in and becoming a Ugandan woman. And I I really did feel at home there. Mm -hmm. I did. I felt so lucky to be able to be so immersed in the culture that I wasn't there like, you know, as a tourist. And I took a, when I was there, I don't know if you've heard about this experience. It's not in the book, but we were hiking in the Ruanzori Mountains, which are the mountains that border Rwanda and Uganda. And it's where the only wild gorillas live. Um, And you can go out with a gorilla trekker and find the gorillas in the jungle and spend time with them. You go with like a tour guide and these trekkers and these guys with AK-47s just in case. Now and, you see um, why Charlamagne said the craziest people from the Bronx? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just right. thinking like You're you really be walking People travel the from all over the world. If I people gotta, travel from all over the world to have this experience because it is one of the most intense spiritual experiences I've ever had. The second one is the my experience with the whales that I write about at the end mm-hmm. of the book. Mm-hmm. But it was like 
to be in the jungle, to be with these creatures, and you realize we really do share like 97, 98% of our DNA with these animals. And they are, you start to think like, oh, they're so human, but no, like we are so gorilla. And the craziest thing that happened was when they give you this uh, orientation in the morning, they're like, if a gorilla gets close to you and is looking at you, the most important thing to do is not run. You have to, to feel safe, act like a gorilla. So I was like, wait a second. I couldn't second. do that around the white people. Wait, wait a second. Wait. I'm telling you that right now. I, 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 I didn't hear it through that lens. Because mm-hmm. for me, I was like a young actor who had done animal exercises at school. Like, this was my opportunity for, this was my Meryl Street moment. Oh, wow. So when the gorilla came <laughs> down from the tree, I was like, I squat down. I mean, everybody in my group was like, what is she? When I tell you that is the best performance of my life, I was, I was the gorilla. The gorilla was me. I started, I picked off a leaf started chewing on it and we had the most incredible experience because this gorilla gorilla kept getting closer and closer to us and this little baby gorilla she was so curious she was like what we've never seen a human like this no she was like that one's one of us but with clothes so what did the gorilla do we just they just they got closer the trekker said than they'd ever had a gorilla get to a group before i mean the guy with the ak-47 came right next to me because they were terrified but i was like don't stop don't stop what yeah, it was incredible. Were you the only person acting like a gorilla? Yeah. How do you know they didn't tell, tell you that just to be funny? <laughs> <laughs> because it, the experience that we got out of it. I mean, they said it to everybody in the group, but I was the best actor in the group. Gotcha, yes. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When all of this is done, like mm-hmm. everybody gets the book, they get to read it. Everybody should get the book. Get Absolutely. The book. They I read the audio book. It's me in my own words, so that's fun. What is the, like the, the, the hug or the message that you want people to get from this book? I, I think, and this is something that I've written in the book, but there's a saying I heard a long time ago that I really love that we are as sick as our secrets. That's right. And that when, I think when we can let go of the things that keep our true selves hidden, we can let go of our shame. You know, I knew when my parents told me, I realized that they had been living under this lie for so long that every time I had said, I love you to my dad, whether it was conscious or unconscious, there must have been a part of him that thought, she loves me because she thinks I am her father. Wow. And there wow. must have been a part of him that thought, if she knew I wasn't her father, maybe she won't love me. Mm. That's part of why they didn't tell me. And so I had the opportunity, once they gave me that truth, to actually, for the first time, love my father unconditionally. Mm. And that's what we all deserve. That's what we all want. Mm-hmm. We want to. We want to know that no matter what we do or how we act or what we've done in the past, that we're lovable mm-hmm. and that we're loved. And I feel like my family's in that place now. But you only get there when you expose your truth. When you're vulnerable enough to show people who you are and they love you anyway, then you know that you are worthy of unconditional love. But I think your father proves that you know. Just because somebody provides sperm doesn't make them a father. Yeah, that's right. He's an actual yeah, father. Like, I think there's a big truly, lesson to be learned. That's that. right. That's right. And it's even like people will say like, well, do you know who your biological father is? And I'm still wrapping my head honestly around that language. Like, Do you want to know who the donor is? I was literally about to ask I you I do. That. I'm really? searching. I'm looking. Mm-hmm. And again, not because I need a daddy, right? Like I'm not looking for an emotional connection I'm really open I mean I say that now who knows when it was like you never know like he could walk in the room and I could be like ah. um, but I think I'm just really curious about that 50% of me that genetic 50% of me I think there is a question I know what I've gotten from my dad I know from my dad I've gotten my 
sense of humor, my imagination, my belief in the impossible, my um, ability to tell a story. I know what I've gotten from my mom, my my intellect, my um, intellectual curiosity, my grace, my compassion. I don't know what I've gotten from the donor. I'm curious mm -hmm. what part comes from him. And I'm curious just in terms of my medical history. I feel like I owe that to my kids that mm -hmm. they should know where they come from. But the emotional part of it, I'm open to let it be what it's going to be. Maybe it'll feel like I have additional family. Maybe it'll just feel like I have additional information. I feel good either way. Let's, can we end with something you said in the epilogue? And I feel like it can relate to so many people. You say, my life is not about my donor nor about my parents. My life is my own. Mm. What does that mean to you and what could that mean to others? Yeah. So when my parents told me this information, I realized because they had built this narrative, this false narrative about where I came from, I realized that in many ways, I had been the supporting character in their story, right? Like they were living this life. They were Earl and Valerie, parents of this beautiful child, successful middle-class black family. Like I was the supporting character in that fable. And when they gave me the truth, I felt like Part of why I wanted to write the book was that it was time for me to step into being the lead character in the story of my life, mm -hmm. to not let my life belong to them, mm -hmm. to say, like, I deserve to be on this journey, this quest, because I have my own story. Like, I get it. You had four decades of living this your way, but it's my turn to kind of take this narrative and figure out what my life means for me. So I love my parents. I, I do love being a supporting character in their life, but that has to be a choice. I have to know that fundamentally my life is my own and that they, because I have the most incredible parents, they now have the opportunity and have allowed themselves to be supporting characters in my story. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what I've learned about parenting has been about that choice on their part mm -hmm. because they have allowed themselves to be supporting characters for me in this moment, which is humbling for all of us, but them in particular, right? And as I look forward at my kids, I realize this is my moment. Like this mm -hmm. book, I am the protagonist of this book, but I'm also the supporting character in the story of my kids. And I want them to know that I have their back and that they have to live their own life. They shouldn't be living in the ways that make me comfortable. They shouldn't be making choices that are for my own good. They have to make the right choices for them in the way that I'm making the right choices for me now. Well, we appreciate you for joining us this morning. Thicker right, Than Water is out right now. Yeah, so well, come really, see really us on tour. It. We're going to be in Chicago, D.C., um, Atlanta, L.A. I'm going to be in conversation with Gabrielle Union, Tyler Perry, Bellamy Young, Tony Goldwyn. It's an incredible lineup. So come see us out on the road. Get her out of here. She's holding in a cough. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I feel lighter. Thank you. Thank you. It's Kerry Washington. Amazing. Yeah, freedom. Yes. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Well, morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Lauren LaRose is here. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Salute to Kerry Washington for pulling up, man. And make mm -hmm. sure you go get uh, her book, Thicker Than Water, which is available right now. That's yes. right. Great read. Then mm -hmm. y'all feel like I got a hug from that conversation. Oh, yeah, her energy is uh, great. It's I mean, everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Her energy is fantastic. Well, let's get to the rumors. Let's go. I think a lot of people will recognize the voice and the name. On The Breakfast Club. Lauren came in hot. You know, I, right? I came in telling the truth. <laughs> so, there may be a new 
couple alerts soon if this goes well. So Chloe Bailey was on a uh, Apple Music show called The Dottie Show, and she was asked, "Who is your celebrity crush?" And here is how she answered: "It's Michael B. Jordan. That's my celebrity crush. I've been said that in interviews, even but, like but, years ago. But have you told him? No. This is where we got to work on your shoot and your shot, Chloe. I don't shoot my shot." So how is he going to know? I don't know. I think you should right now DM Michael B. Jordan. No. You could be blocking your blessings. And I know you're big on blessings. I'm big on blessings, but I'm like, God will bring my blessings to me when they're supposed to be here. We've got to stop expecting our blessings to land at our door, Chloe. Mm -hmm. But when we try to force it, we could block other blessings. And then you end up giving them the ick. Exactly. Wow. What is it about Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> wow. Look at you blushing like he's in the room. That's crazy. Just from thinking about him. <laughs> That's crazy. No. No. Charlemagne, how, how does that make you feel? What are you talking about? That's your cousin. She's a grown woman. I'm just asking. <laughs> she That's what I say. She a lot of crushes. Yeah, she can make her own decisions. I'm just asking. I just feel yeah. like when you're a celebrity, though, and you put something out that like that in the air. It's kind of like shooting your shot. Yeah, if he's available, because I don't know if he's dating again or whatever since uh, Lloyd Harvey, but if he's available. That's shooting your shot. A hundred percent. And by the way, if, even if he's not available, Chloe don't care about all them white women that might go be Jordan probably surrounded with <laughs> white Stop it, yo. That, I mean, that, uh, that's another thing. She light-skinned, though. Oh, my he, he was dating Lori Harvey. Yeah, he dated Lori Harvey. Lori, Lori Harvey's black. I feel like yes. the, the darkest he probably might go is uh, Chloe. So she might have a shot. Damn it, man. Damn, that's disrespectful. We don't know who we did before, do we? Exactly. We probably did say that, I've, that I've seen. I mean, I, I don't... Maybe Why you just couldn't keep it to white women? Because Lori Harvey isn't a white woman. No, I know she's not. She's not. But Jesus I'm talking about Christ. after the white women, he's probably surrounded by a bunch of milk right now. So well, I'm saying, wow. Chloe don't what care you're about, saying is I'm worse saying, than what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, saying. Chloe don't care about all that <laughs> wow. milk. Anyway, so, I think Chloe's I, like pour all this milk out. We lactose intolerant. Okay, I, did, I just thought it was cute. I don't know where this just went, but I thought it was. cute. I don't know either. I just be talking. Don't because, listen to me. I will be lying. Yeah. But shout out to Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, and I think <laughs> Come on it's fire Damn too. It, man. I think it's fire too that she is so open about it. Um, because She's shooting her shot, like you shot your shot with Travis yesterday. No, Travis no, no, Kelsey. that wasn't me shooting my shot with. Um, that was definitely you shooting your shot. Speaking no. of milk, that was definitely <laughs> shooting your shot at Travis. Kelsey you were shooting yesterday. your shot. That was a little shoot. We little not, shot. we not going back <laughs> there. Little shot. One thing about men when they scoring, y'all just can't let it go, huh? <laughs> scoring men, y'all, that that's a bad B right there. Okay, we gonna we gonna move on. We gonna talk about Chloe. We gonna talk about J Cole. <sighs> so I don't know. Hopefully that works out. I can see that. I can see them together. Michael B. Jordan used to be one of my crushes too. I think he's everybody's. Everybody has had like a little thing with him too. Hey, what about the age difference hey, though? Because hey, what he's thirty six, hey. she's what twenty four. Hey, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Cool. I like seeing Michael B. Jordan with black women. I would like that too. Yeah. Why are you saying it to me? Like I'm no, the judge of the saying, jury. I'm just saying I like seeing Michael B. Jordan with black women. I you do. sure you? That's, that's what the B stand for. Michael Black Women Jordan. That's what we wanted to stand for. Gotcha. Not Michael Becky Jordan. Yo, shut oh up, man. Oh my god. Well, shout out to them. I hope that they figure it out in the DMs if he is available. Mm -hmm. Now moving on. <laughs> this guy's crazy. Moving on. Um. So J Cole shared something yesterday. He shared a letter from Colin Kaepernick. Now, this letter was a letter that Colin Kaepernick wrote to the Jets uh, back on September 21st. Um, and J. Cole said in the caption that he uh, he had to actually ask Colin Kaepernick if he was able to share the letter. Colin was a little bit reluctant, but J. Cole said he wanted to share this letter because he wanted people to see how much Colin still wants to play football and how ready he is. Um, now, the letter 
which is addressed to uh, Joe Douglas, the general manager of the Jets. Uh, it, it basically just outlines the fact that J. Cole and his team know that they are that the Jets are at a big loss since Aaron Rodgers uh, was injured. And although they have uh, Zach Wilson and now they have another person that they brought in on Tuesday, um, he feels like he wants to lead their practice team. Because this will give the Jets a reason to be watching him, see how prepared he is. It can also help the team. And then basically, if they need a kind of contingency plan, he's there and he's already ready. So this letter was sent on the 21st. There are reports, though, that the Jets have uh, recently brought in um, a new player as of Tuesday, a quarterback named Trevor Simeon. Simeon. Yeah, Trevor Simeon. To the practice squad. Yeah, to the practice squad. So I don't know if that means that it's over for Colin in that potential there, I love Colin Kaepernick and I love everything he did for the sport I love everything he did for standing up for people but the problem I have now is it, se- it seems like he's begging to get back into the league I hate like and I, I, I don't like to see that you know what I mean it's it's like you've done a lot the league is, is boxed you out and it's to the point now I, I don't want to see him asking to get back in that league I wish that they didn't share that letter I wish that letter was never written that letter was tragically sad and downright pathetic Colin Kaepernick has let his setback become his identity, and I hate that for him. God exalted Colin Kaepernick into a position of leadership mm-hmm. and regard to activism, and it pains me to see that man still begging to be in a league that he called racist and compared to a plantation. And I hate that he can never speak for himself. He always got somebody else speaking for him or putting out his messaging for him. That's so whack to me. I wish Colin the best in all his endeavors, but this begging... You know, these same people you called racist for an opportunity is pitiful. I just, I just don't it's like it. Pitiful. I'd rather him go to, what's the other league that they created? The XFL League or, I, I, or any other league. But it's the pitiful. fact that they boxed him out, Honestly, they, they they don't want him in the league. Like, that's clear. Very clear. And I had I asked earlier in the room, like, how good of a football player was he? Because the way that they just threw him out after all that, you would think that he, he wasn't good. But he was I, a good player. I heard he was It good. don't even matter. It's been player. seven years and mm-hmm. God has, God exalted Colin Kaepernick into a position of leadership. Now, understand, Literally. he's been playing football probably since he was three years old, so that's all he knows, Man, and, and that's what he wants. He, he knows something go- else now. God I got put it. him in another position but now. When Stop you, looking back and look forward. It's easy for you to say, but when mm-hmm. you're competitive and you've been playing since you've been three and all you wanted was that ring and you haven't got that ring, that's probably what will make him stop is getting that ring. It is pitiful a, to call an organization racist compared to I a agree. plantation and then still be begging to go back on that plantation. I you agree. call America racist and you live here that's a stupid i hate when people say that that's because it, i mean it, i've never known anything else it, he and, and doesn't know same. anything other than football and you have he's the, been playing football you have since the, three and you have the resources and the means to move to another country you're very successful lauren what you said makes zero sense but i'm gonna let uh, okay. i'm gonna let the, the youtube comments and social media tell you how what you said I, listen no they the way that they've been getting me all week that's totally fine with me <laughs> but i just i just hate just make sure y'all add me when y'all do it so people can follow me at there lauren rosa l-o-r-e-n all right. Well, that is your rumor report. Who are you giving that donkey to? For after the hour, man, we need to explain why you don't fight fries with fire. Oh, boy. We'll discuss. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. This was donkey up the day. Made it. Damn, the hee-haw again. <laughs> it's time for donkey of the day. <laughs> I ain't trying to be Donkey today no more. They should be embarrassed by what they already did. I'm not making these people do these things. Called Donkey of the Day, and it really caught me off guard. Damn, Charlemagne, who got the Donkey of the Day today? Yes, Donkey today for Wednesday, September 27th, goes to a Houston woman named Alania Ford. Now, this case happened 
Okay, this case I'm about to tell y'all about happened in March of 2021, but the surveillance footage has just been released, okay? Uh, see, what had happened was Alania Ford used to work at Jack in the Box, and she shot <laughs> at a customer in the drive-thru, all because they got into an argument because Jack in the Box forgot this family's order of curly fries. I can't make this kind of stuff up. Let's go to Fox 26 News for the report, please. A jack-in-the-box employee opened fire on drive through customers. A family had their dog, their six-year-old daughter, in the car with them when they got into a dispute with an employee over a missing curly fries from an order at that jack-in-the-box. As Ramos pulls up to that drive through Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name's Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today 
and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Window. He's then greeted by Alania Ford. And once his food was handed over, an order of curly fries were missing from the bag. When he asked for them, he was told no. That's when the argument started. You can see Ramos in his red pickup truck going back and forth with Ford. She walks away, comes back, and the argument continues. Another employee approaches the window to try and resolve the situation. But in the midst of that, Ford comes back and starts arguing with Ramos yet again. She starts throwing ketchup packets into his truck window. So he started throwing things back. But then Ford comes back yet again, points her gun directly at Ramos, and starts shooting as he speeds away. Luckily, none of those bullets struck Ramos's vehicle, and no one was injured. Ford was charged and convicted of deadly conduct. And recent documents show her probation ended in June of 2023. This is why you can't fight fries with fire. Jesus. <laughs> Especially in Texas. All right, look, man, I understand folks are going through things. Folks are stressed out emotionally and mentally. People are at capacity. And this is really why we have to be kind to everyone we encounter because you never know what folks are going through. Not making excuses for this woman at all because she made a choice. All right, going to get your firearm because y'all having a dispute over some damn curly fries is a choice. All right, choosing to fire said firearm at an individual, not just an individual, a whole family <laughs> over curly fries is a choice. This man was in the car with his pregnant wife and his six-year-old. I also would like to say fast food workers of america it's never that serious i literally was listening to bishop td jake's sermon uh from this past sunday called the inescapable role of service there is no greater purpose on this planet for any of us other than to be of service you as a fast food worker are providing a service we are grateful for the service you provide it's a bunch of people right now trying to get to work trying to get to school and they are depending on you right now in that drive-through to be prompt and precise so they can get what they ordered in a timely manner to make it where they need to be so drop one of the clues bombs for all the fast food workers out there being in service this morning Mm-hmm. Okay, and doing their job. But this is also why we appreciate Chick-fil-A workers. Because the one thing all of us remember about Chick-fil-A workers is the way they make us feel. Okay, they make us feel so good, all right? My wife and I got crystal franchises. We got crystal franchises opening. That's all I want our employees to be is kind. I want folks to leave the establishment feeling good because the interaction is pleasant. If something is missing from the order, you check the receipt, see that they did indeed pay for it, and give it to them. This is why I don't, why I don't understand Alania Ford. 
What would it have hurt you to give this family their order of curly fries? How much is an order of them little funky ass curly fries? A dollar? Okay, at the end of the night, it's probably a bunch of curly fries left over that y'all just throw out. It's probably several orders of curly fries dropped on the floor, jack in the box right now. The president of the Fat Lives Matter committee who works here at the <laughs> Breakfast Club. You'll get to see him in 2024. We need him to lose some weight before he makes his debut. Jeez. But he wants me to remind y'all fast food workers that you don't get employee of the month for saving the company money on any products. All right? It don't matter if it's fountain drinks, sauces, apple pies, napkins, straws, french fries. You don't get a bonus for saving these items. Your boss does not walk up to you and say, we love the way you don't give people anything extra. <laughs> Okay? And now you have been promoted. This never happens. And I promise you, Jack in the Box employees, Jack is not dying for you. All right? There's no reason to take your job that serious that you get in a dispute over some damn curly fries. And it damn sure is not serious enough for you to pull a pistol out and get things popping like the grease those fries came out of. Aliana Ford. <laughs> Aliana Ford was convicted of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Documents revealed that her probation concluded in, in June of 2023. Aliana, you really tried your hardest to go from jack in the box to being in the box, eating box. I don't know how you just got probation for this. Whoa. You are actually about the wrong life. Instead of being about thug life, you should be about that fast food life. Because when you choose this fast food life, you have to be about this fast food life. You have to know that when items is missing, folks are going to complain, especially with fries, because I'm not sharing my fries. I got a pregnant wife and a six-year-old in the car. They want fries. You know damn well women and kids look at our fries as their fries, especially when they don't have no, have no fries, so you get them their own fries. Aliana, it is your job as a fast food worker to serve because as a customer, I did my job and served you. I spent my money with the establishment you work at, which ultimately helps you to pay your bills. Look, we all make mistakes. And you know that saying, don't be afraid to make mistakes because that's how you learn and grow. Well, this don't apply to this. All right, shooting at someone over some curly fries is a mistake you should be afraid to make. And this is why I never underestimate the power of human stupidity because only two things are infinite, the universe and human stupidity. And I'm not even sure about the former, okay? Please give Aliana Ford the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey of the day. You are the donkey of the day. I want curly fries now. Now I want curly fries. Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Shouldn't the guy that didn't get the curly fries be mad and... How you mad and shoot at me and you didn't give me the curly Exactly. Fry. Like why she and can we talk about the sauces again? Cause they be holding on to them sauces tight. I have no idea why. And you said curly fries be like ninety nine cents. They be like three dollars now. Curly fries? Yes. At Jack in the Box? McDonald's mm -hmm. fries is three dollars too. Damn. The curly fries are good though. Oh, we got fries at the house then. <laughs> I like that you got fries at home you for got fries, fries three dollars. And she been working there thirteen years too. I just want to put that out there. Damn. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, well, peace, B-E-T. We'll see you tomorrow. See you later. What are we doing, the Colin Kaepernick topic? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's open up the phone lines. 800-585-1051. If you're just joining us, Laura LaRosa reported about Colin Kaepernick uh, sending the Jets a letter, right? Yes. And yep. what, what did the letter say? The letter uh, said that he wanted to lead their practice squad um, because of everything that happened with Aaron Rodgers. So for two reasons. Number one, he wants to help them get ready for the opponents they're going to come up against, including like a Jalen Hurts. And number two, it will show the team that he is ready to play. And in case anything happens with the people that they may be going with to replace Aaron, 
He's right there. He's ready. He's the best contender. That played. letter was tragically sad and downright pathetic. And like I just said, Colin Kaepernick has let his setback become his identity. And I hate that for him. Well, let's talk about it. 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts? Do you feel like Charlemagne, that the letter's sad and, and he shouldn't be thinking about getting back in the league? Or do you feel like he's been doing it since he was three years old and he still has goals? He still has things at on his bucket list that he wants to fulfill? God, at what point do you realize God exalted you into a better position? God exalted you to a greater purpose. Because that's what I feel like he did with Colin Kaepernick. He exalted him into a position of leadership in regards to activism. Right. Well, let's talk about it when we come back. Because, you know, although also, you know, I wouldn't be mad if Colin Kaepernick went to an HBCU and began and started coaching. I wouldn't be mad at that. Be, that's fantastic. Was you that not I mean? on the table? Like, why? I, I don't know. Where, like, that's so on brain. I don't him? know. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would love. Well, nothing we talk about on. those programs. That's what I would love. Because he would bring eyes to those programs. Like a Howard, a Hampton, a FAMU, or Well, well nothing wherever. would be on the table because you can block your blessings when you're, when you're unwilling to let certain things go. Well, let's discuss. We'll talk uh, when we come back. 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Lauren LaRosa, our special guest host, is here. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about Colin Kaepernick. Now, you reported a story, Lauren, in rumors. What what, what was uh, the letter that he wrote to the Jets? Colin Kaepernick uh, wrote a letter to the Jets asking to lead their practice team uh, mm-hmm. for two reasons. He says that he thinks that he can get the team ready for all of the competition they're going to be coming up against in a way that won't like threaten Zach or whoever will be playing in Aaron Rodgers' spot. But also, he wants the team to see that he is ready to play and he is the best contingency plan if anyone gets injured or just can't do the job. So I'm we're asking 800-585-1051. What, what are your thoughts, uh, uh, Charlamagne? I'm going to say exactly what I said a little while ago. It's, it's tragically sad and downright pathetic that Colin Kaepernick wrote that letter because he, he has let his setback become his identity. You know what I mean? I, I said it a million times. God exalted Colin Kaepernick into a position of leadership in regards to activism. And it pains me to see that man begging to be in a league that he called racist and compared to a plantation. And I hate that he can never speak for himself. He always got somebody else speaking for him or putting out messaging for him. That's so whack to me. And I wish Colin the best in all his endeavors, but this begging the same people he called racist for an opportunity is absolutely pitiful to me. Lauren? Um, I thought that at first, if he got back in, he was going to be able to do like the whole I can change within, but y'all saying it's not giving up. I don't understand why he would want to be there. Like... I would never go back to something I left that wasn't good for me. See, you know I, what I, mean? I do see both sides, right? And the reason I see both sides is because I, I do feel like he's begging to get in, get back in the league, and I don't like that. I, I don't like the fact that the league has boxed you out. The letter was and, given and it, very yes, sir. Yeah, yes, and they yes. gave, and they gave like you that. so many and reasons why they don't want you in the squad. league. Yeah, they give you so many reasons why they don't want you in the league, and you still are begging to get back in the league. I don't like that. But on the flip side... Trying to sit in Colin Kaepernick's shoes as a, a young boy at three years old that's been doing football and football ain't easy, right? As, as a as a dad that my my kids play football, it's five days a week, rain, snow, or whatever. One game on Sunday and then back on practice again. It's very, it's a lot. And they, these are years. He's probably been doing this for 20, 30 years. It's his whole life. So it's his whole life. So to him, he's probably never closed that chapter. And that, and that chapter might be a ring. It might be playoffs. It might be one of those things that he's never got that. Man. And let's not, and let's be, let's be serious. Let's be honest. The Jets are trash. The Jets need somebody. So it's not like it's, it's a, it's a far fetch. I think, but, it, I think the, to me, listening to y'all talk about 
the quarterbacks that they have right now in that position and how bad they are and the fact that he wrote this letter and it basically went ignored and they brought in somebody else that hurt my heart even more because I feel like the way that I look at Colin Kaepernick for what he did is just like Man, forget them people. Like, we got you wherever right. you go, right? We financially but I understand good, but it's just a- that- Athletes religiously cannot give it up sometimes. Yeah, like, that just happens. Until, Cause, they, cause, until they force to sometimes. Because when God exalts you into a position that's greater than football, you know, you got to leave who you were, love who you are, and look forward to who you will become. You know what I mean? Like, I think that the purpose that he serves now and has served over the last few years is way greater than football. And it's kind of a slap in the face to God to not embrace that and not yeah. accept that and continue to beg these same people you called racist and said the league was a plantation. Right. You begging to be back in chains, Colin? This is your, this is, I'm, I'm using your words. Right, but it's almost, You said that this is a plantation. So you begging, please chain me up, master. I, I'll even, you can put me on the practice squad. I don't even want to be on yeah, the actual team. I, I, chain I me like up that. with the practice squad. I ain't like that. But it's also, and I'm not comparing them to a druggie, but it's almost like a druggie, right? And when, when I mean a druggie, you can't tell a druggie when it's time to give it up. They have to tell themselves. They have to say, you know what? I'm giving up drugs. And for him, he has to give up that chase. And he hasn't given up that chase yet. It's also why I don't want to hear anybody comparing him to Muhammad Ali. People do that? Because when Muhammad Ali... <laughs> what? In the hell? <laughs> People do that. Because yeah. when because when Muhammad Ali, you know, got his boxing license script, you know, he ate that. Because he understood that what he was standing for was bigger than boxing, but and he got you, to fight again. And, and, though. He, he got his, after a few years. Right. But he, but he, but he, in, in those few years, he never made it about him. Mm. He always kept it about the movement. He always kept it about the message that he was standing for. Always. And when you make stands that are bigger than you, you know that there's going to be consequences and repercussions, and Boy, that yes. comes with it. And you have to be willing to deal with that when you make these kind of stands. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Ken Roberts, man. Calling from Florida. Ken, what's up, man? What, what's, your, what's your thought? What you think? But I'm just saying, um, calling Kevin Neck, man, football is in his heart. So I'm a man of God, so I understand the heart. Whatever's in your heart, what will throw you. So the man wrote a letter. It's like you messed up with one of your friends or your mom or your dad. You can't speak it, but you want to put on a letter to write it. He wrote a letter. He's trying to get back in the league. Hey, what's wrong with that? But black man. Just man but, but, for no reason. Black man. Yes, black sir. man. He didn't mess up with the NFL. The NFL did him dirty. He didn't mess up with the NFL. So why why should he be writing a letter begging to get back with the person who broke his heart that did him dirty? Hello, who's this? Are we not using no common sense here this morning? Yes. What's your name? This is Uniqua. Hey, Uniqua. Good morning. What's your thoughts? Good morning. Good morning. Yes, you know what? It's terrible that Colin Kaepernick even has to beg for his die back. Why? Because he's a great football player. And I think it's no reason for him not to be able to do both things. Uh, advocate for black rights and the rights of black people and the treatment, you know, that we're going through and him being a football player because that's what he does. So, there, yeah. The, the only Thank thing you, is, is if you're doing both, they, there are going to be so much repercussions. Like, there's no way you can go into a job and say, y'all racist, y'all do this, y'all do that, and expect them to employ you of the month you. Like, there, there's <laughs> a separate, there has to be a separation of the two. I would think once you say that about your your your, your employee, you done with them. I would think once you throw unless, unless you need money or something like that, but he doesn't need you know, it. That's, I'm trying to figure out good. what the Keith. Yo, what's your thought, Keith? Hey man, this is Keith from Florida, man. Isn't isn't Colin breaking like one of the forty eight laws of power? You never beg your enemy for mercy. Why would you do something like that? You already caught in races. Why would you go back to try to apply? in the league that said numerous times that they don't want you. 
I called my one of my employees race. I I will never go back to that job again. That's right. Why would, yeah, I mean, it's the truth. Once you set fire to the plantation, the plantation is burned down. You think Django set fire? Let me not. I'm gonna use a real character. You think Nat Turner, you know, was rescuing all those people and killed all those slave masters and their family only to bring people back to the plantation? You, you accent, do, once you do that, you're you're trying to escape. You asking us or Kanye? We're talking Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick wrote a letter to the Jets Said he wanted to be on their practice practice squad What's your thoughts? Let's discuss this The Breakfast Club, good morning It's topic time Call 800-585-1051 To join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club Talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got our special guest co-host, Lauren LaRosa. Yes, sir. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about Colin Kaepernick. Now, what happened with Colin Kaepernick in the letter he sent to the Jets? So Colin Kaepernick wrote a letter to the Jets asking to lead their practice squad um, to help them get ready for the practice. opposition and to basically show them whenever they need a quarterback, he's ready, he's going to be the go-to. And yes, I said the practice squad, Charlamagne. I, it, I, I don't like him begging for the spot. I do understand that he's been doing this probably since a young kid and he's been doing it all his life and this is what he wants. He, he, he hasn't closed that chapter in his life but I just feel like it, at this point you're begging and I would prefer you use everything that you know your skills the practices and I would rather you go to a HBCU and teach those to that would be so fun you know what I mean and it's, there's, there's a bunch of them that, that need the help that need the eyes on them and I think that will get a lot of students to go to HBCUs because the eyes will be in that school wouldn't that be the most powerful thing to do but the Absolutely. reason the reason that, that Colin probably can't see things like that is because he's let his identity I mean, he's let his setback become his identity. And we all know in order to stop blocking blessings, you have to let things go. You can't hold on to things of the past. You know what I'm saying? You got to let go of the past, but keep the lessons it taught you. You know what I mean? But you got to you got to let it go. When you say that about the identity, what do you mean? Because like he's let his setback become his identity because God exalted him into a position of leadership and activism. If Colin would have really just focused on that and kept that going and said, really, F the NFL. I didn't call them racist. I didn't call it a plantation. I don't want to be over there no more. I'm going to be over here helping my people. We'd be looking at him like that. But now we're looking at him as this pitiful person gotcha. who keeps begging the NFL, begging this plantation to be back in chains. Well, let's go to the I don't comments. like it. We got mad people on the line. Hello, who's this? Mayor Rich Thomas from Mount Vernon. Hey, Mayor Rich from Mount Vernon. You the mayor, the actual hey. mayor? Yeah, uh, former mayor, former mayor. Oh, former, oh, former mayor, mayor. Mount Vernon. I had the pleasure of engaging Kaepernick through Ambassador Shabazz when he was going through the movement. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, you know, look, perhaps Charlamagne, you should ask a bigger question. How come the league won't let him play? It's not like he can't throw the ball. It's not like he didn't play in the Super Bowl. You know, he's been blacklisted. And that's we, we not know right. this, though. Yeah, we know this, but the bottom line is the Jets, just like any other team that needs a quarterback, should consider Cap. I say bring back Cap, give him a shot to throw the ball again. Yeah, something to play for. Look, Even though he, you know, led a movement, it's time for him to get back on the field and play some ball. Can I ask a bigger question? Can I ask a bigger question? Why do we want this for Cap? If Cap, if Cap said well, that, that if, if Cap said it's racist, if Cap said he's been blacklisted, if if Cap said it's a plantation, why would we want to send our brother back on the plantation? Well, he said he wants to play. Maybe so, there have been changes. You know, look, Jay Z has had success in negotiating some. I want to call it a form of reparations for the league, right, for the players for the entertainers, the music you've seen in the past two Super Bowls. So I think it's 
time for Cap to get back to play. Why not let him get on the field and play ball? Thank you, man. I will say this, though, and, and, and this is not right, and I know people are going to be mad about, about the way that this is said, but if you create a stank in the league, right, where people feel a certain way about you, this is a business. And if I own one of those teams, would you want to hire Kaepernick on your team, not knowing what he's going to do, not knowing what he's going to bring to your team when you just want to bring wins? No, I mean, I think that's not, what you're saying. See, that's a decision that if you're an owner, I think a lot of those owners, which are not black, are white owners. We have, what, one black owner, which is Magic Johnson? They don't even want to hear from the wives of the players. So you think that they want to get put Colin Kaepernick on their team to then be able to have conversations and, like, all of that, right? No, to answer your question, but this is all stuff that we know. Correct. So I don't, like... Unless he's able to come in and really, like, from the inside, infiltrate, I don't see what it does for... His life is not just about him and football anymore. Like, he is so much more now to us. That's like, what I thought. He is. He He's going to realize it. Jazzy, good morning. Good morning. What's hey your guys. thoughts, Jazzy? Um, um, I'm sitting outside of a Wawa before I go in. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But, yeah, talk to us. But anyways, I, I agree with Charlemagne, mainly because of the fact that, like, you're begging to be somewhere where they don't want you. Like, it's kind of embarrassing. Yes. In a sense. It's like, instead of, you know... I understand that he footballs his life, whatever, but create your own lane, create your own table, do a junior league, do training camps, do something that a, they'll see you for you, they'll see you by yourself instead of surround you with that NFL drama, that NFL bullcrap. Like, yeah, Roger Goodell, like, gave him an apology, but was it really an apology? Because he still ain't hired, so why are you still trying to get in there? And it's sad, it's sad, it's sad that we want to... We, we we begging him to go it's like we're pushing him to go back it's like no no I've, you 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 left the plantation you told us about the, the, the atrocities well, that are happening well, on he, the plantation did he leave the plantation or was he fired from the plantation because well, he was fired right because he didn't leave yes. he was fired he was let go um, and, and then he called him out said he it was racist out, and obviously that, that was true because they apologized they cut him a check we don't know how much the check was for and he wants to play and I get it but it, it's, it's to the point where it's like, when do you let it go? But, you know, like I said, he's been doing this since probably the age of three. This is all he knows. And that book, that chapter in his book is not done for himself. Man, when God he- exalts you to a position of leadership the way he did, Colin Kaepernick, you have to go lead. Playing devil's advocate, though, right? If he was to be able to get back on the team and he can't really do or say too much, just him playing, is that a symbol of aha in y'all faces? Like, does that mean anything no it's a symbol of oh we racist we the plantation but you begged us to come get put back in chains now you back in chains working for us again how is that going to change the league in any way shape or form like 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 how is that going to change the system of the nfl and and lauren you said something what you asked me earlier you said uh what'd you say about america Oh, I said you still stay yeah, here America's even though racist. there's a lot. Yeah, America's yeah. racist. The difference, I think, is America is a system that we were all born into. And it's a system that promises us certain things. It promises its citizens certain things. Freedom, liberty, and justice for all. What we've historically seen is this system only provides justice for some. Right. And we have fought against this system since the beginning of time. We aren't begging to be a part of this system. We are a part of this system and as it currently is we don't like it and we're demanding for things to change Colin not doing that he called him racist compared him to a plantation and now he's just begging to be a part of that system did you hear anything in that letter that sounded like he's trying to change the system no, it's not like he's trying to conform he wants to play football he's yeah. trying he, he's, he's ready to conform like no I don't like it bro I don't like it I and, think it's pathetic and then it gets back to and, and I know it's costly to, to doing the things like Ice Cube is doing and, and creating our own spaces in our own league 
I mean, of course we can't create a, a, another NFL because th- that would cost billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. But we've seen the success that Ice Cube has had with Big Three, and it's gave given a lot of players a, a, another opportunity. And and hopefully one day we can create that for ourselves. And and also, man, just one more point. Yes, sir. Colin took a knee for police brutality. Correct. We salute him. We celebrate him. He took a he took a knee. You know, to raise awareness right. to the pr- brutality that black and brown people on? Yep. were facing at the hands of the police. As soon as he got backlash, as soon as he got blacklisted, somehow that movement turned into justice for Colin. Mm-hmm. What happened to the bigger issue, which is taking the knee for police brutality? That's what this was about. This wasn't about, you know, oh, Collins getting blacklisted from the NFL. We should have expected Colin to get blacklisted from the NFL when you make a stand like that. And Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Cowie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on Story Button, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. 
Hey, my name is Jay Shetty and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready to, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you call the the NFL a racist and call the NFL a plantation. We should expect that. And he got to be able to eat that. And and once again, that's why I don't like when people compare it to Muhammad Ali. Right. Ali. Muhammad Ali ate it. Right. He got his boxing license stripped away from him, and he understood that he was standing for something bigger than his boxing career. I did, I, and I get it. I didn't expect him to to get fired out the league, and the reason I didn't get it, I didn't expect that is because he wasn't the only one. There was numerous players kneeling, mm-hmm. and he was the only one that pretty much. Well, there was a couple that that, hey, that got that X, but the there first, was a lot of players doing it. The first soldier over the hill always takes the most bullets. Right. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way. What are we talking about? Yes, we are talking about Nick Cannon and um, him saying that Mariah Carey saved his life when he first got diagnosed with uh, lupus. All right. We'll get to that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Hi. Hi. Hello. Let's get to the rumors. Let's get right to it. <laughs> Norma Rosa. So I've been here for a little bit. I've been here for a minute. Move out the way. Tell this is the rumor report. I think a lot of people will recognize the voice and the name. Here we, we go. On the Breakfast Club. Lauren came in hot. You know, Didn't well, she, right? I, I came in telling the truth. <laughs> Now, Nick Cannon is talking about Mariah Carey. Uh, he sat down with a uh, podcast called The Diary of a CEO, and he recalled the time where he found out that he had lupus. And once he, he said that he credits Mariah Carey for find, finding out or mm-hmm. helping him to find out. But also, once he found out what was happening, she basically saved his life. Let's listen to the audio. She was my rock, man. She was um, she went hard. I'll be honest, probably wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for how hard she went, you know, with the doctors with me, my stubbornness, you know, she was the the perfect helpmate, the perfect matriarch, the perfect mom, the perfect wife in those scenarios. Because granted, she's who she is and dealing with all the pressures of being Mariah Carey, but then uh, being loving enough to take on all of my stuff. And it, it probably took a toll <clears throat> on us just because of the person I was in my head and the struggles that I was dealing with. Uh, so it probably took a toll on our relationship, but it, it definitely brought us closer together. 
And he said that um, they were in Aspen one time and uh, he had like went out for a jog and he came home and he passed out. Mm -hmm. And she came home and found him passed out and forced him to go to the ER. And that's how uh, he found out that he had lupus. Um, and once they realized that his immune system was attacking his kidneys. So uh, that's what a good woman does for our dumb asses. We so damn stupid. I'm so glad you know y'all dumb because you be know, all, not knowing a all, lot of stuff all, in here. Stop? All right. Could you stop? All right. In relationship, he means oh, we dumb. Oh, oh. We, we are we are dumb. Yeah, absolutely. But I will say this. easy on the dumb, but not easy on me. Yesterday, no, no. we gonna talk about this. But I will say this: what, what I, you know, people, if you look at what they say about Nick Cannon, they say he a sucker, he's a simp. Who but says that? People read the comments all the time. Why does he always talk about Mariah Carey? But he loves her. That's his his ex wife. That's the mother of his children. children. She saved his life. He like, don't talk about all the mothers of his kids in this way. So well, all the mothers of the kids didn't find him passed out in Aspen and take him to the hospital. Do y'all think that if um Nick Cannon and uh, Mariah Carey were to get back together, it would kind of because people a lot of people feel like he's having the other kids and with all these other women because he's missing something and it's her. Do y'all think that that would is that like a thing? Could that be something? I have no idea. This is the kind of conversation mm -hmm. y'all be having on Black Twitter. No, not oh, just amongst friends. Black Twitter. Stupid. Just amongst no friends. You, you never heard that, like you know, men are go out and do things because they're looking for something. Like people feel like Mariah Carey is like that missing piece to his puzzle. I don't know if Mariah is the missing piece, but it does feel like he's missing something. It feels like he wants yeah, something well, and he hasn't now found it. Now, now, see, now you're talking. There you go. I don't know if she's the, the missing yeah, I, piece. Yeah, I don't though. know. If, yeah, there you mm. go. I, yeah. Just take away from the black woman. No, well, I don't. I, I think Envy brings a good point up. I don't know if Mariah Carey's was missing from uh, Nick's life. But maybe something is missing. Mm -hmm. Maybe I, there is something that he needs to heal. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not for sure. But I'm just saying that, you know, those things have been said. What, but I, I will say that it, it's good to hear him always, because he does talk about our lot. And I always used to feel like, why? But hearing this story, like. I understand, yeah. Yeah, like she, she saved literally his saved his life. And I'm and sure she was a positive impact. Too. Yeah, absolutely. It's good for the kids to hear that. The kids are like, yeah, that's how they want to hear pops talking Yo, about their mom. This is so wild. Think about it like this, right? If, if, uh, Somebody is beefing with their baby mom and they talk bad about it. They're like, why are you talk bad about your baby mom? Why? And he talks positive about his ex, talks positive about his baby mom, his, his ex wife, and the, the mother of his kids. And people are like, why are you always talking about it? Why are you sick? What, like, what, what are you supposed to do? I didn't know that. I think it's because it's Mariah Carey and people feel like he was the, like, he was the what? more involved in the relationship thing. Like, it, because of the power dynamic. Say it with your chest. Because of the power dynamic, what people you mean the try. Power dynamic? Mariah, Mariah Carey just gives way more icon. Like Nick Cannon Nick is. Cannon don't. Nick Cannon is huge and he is Nick an icon. Is not an icon. You, but you, people, I need to see why all this disrespect comes but from. But people, wow. will, people will argue that, Nick, that Mariah Carey had the upper hand in the relationship. Why? I don't know. They just do. I think it's the the ambiance and the glamour of Mariah Nick Carey. Nick never made honey. Y'all, I think y'all comparing music catalogs. Don't say y'all. I'm telling you guys. I'm regurgitating conversations. I think if you compare music catalogs, it's not even close. Why would we, we compare Nick right? Cannon's music catalogs? Y'all like Gigolo? Exactly. I'm a and I think that's what y'all doing. I think y'all like that song. I think y'all looking at this as musician married to musician. You don't look at it like that. No, you look I at think it as an entrepreneur married to exactly. Musician I think people don't people don't really know a lot of what Nick Cannon does that's and right. like what he gets into. Phenomenal and, businessman. And Mariah Carey is just an outward celebrity and big on the outside. So. Nick, though. I just want to tell you. I really think that y'all are doing, y'all only say the power dynamic because Mariah Carey made fantasy and Nick made Gigolo. All right. That's well, that, that is the rumor part. Just bring up his music. Do we have Gigolo on the system? <laughs> no, we don't. No we, radio station in the country does. <laughs> Why would you do? What's, wow. what's the disrespect? That's, we can't find Gigolo? That's, that's, no. That's me and Nick. They're shaking the finger. No. In regards to <laughs> Damn, him. all right. I love, I love Nick the person. Oh, Nick we'll the be, per drop on the clues bombs for Nick the human. Nick the artist. 
forever be. I'm going to put Gigolo in the system. So next time we talk about it, we're going to play really Gigolo. You really don't have it in the system? No. I do not like that for y'all. That is messed up. S- sing one line. Gigolo. I'm a Gigolo. No, no, it's R. Kelly's part. Sing the right oh, part. I, I can't sing R. Kelly part. Oh, sorry. You can y'all. sing Nick's part. <laughs> What are you All talking right. about? All right. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all just be saying things on the radio for no reason. All right. It's the Breakfast Club. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got our special guest host, Lauren LaRosa here. And um, I just want to salute to one of our producers, uh, Cheeks, a.k.a. Brandon. Big Ghana. Today is his birthday. Today, Big Ghana born day. He said Appreciate we was going to do shots when he was done his job. I lied. I lied a little bit. He said I lied. I lied a little bit. <laughs> right. it's Wednesday. Yeah, maybe later. Maybe a little later. Maybe when I get back. When I get back. Yeah, he's a, he's a young producer up here. He started off as an intern up here, right? Yes. He started off as an intern up here. Uh, and Some of y'all probably saw him at Nile's Past Dogs Live. That was that was even me. That wasn't even me. That's crazy. That was that was definitely you. Yeah. We heard you standing on couches and chairs, but uh, today is the young man's uh, birthday. I heard so just, somebody did that. Yeah, that was you. <laughs> but I just want to wish the brother a happy birthday and uh, just say you know we support you, we appreciate you, brother. Now I really appreciate you guys too. Thank what, you guys. What you doing for, tonight? You got any plans? Uh, this weekend. And again, to a little something. What's her name? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do that I to my guy. Don't do that I was, to my guy. I was gifted a bottle of Casamigos, so that'll be put to use this weekend. I'm so okay. sorry. I'm yeah. so sorry that happened to you. What happened? Wow. The, the gifting of the Casamigos is way better to kill out there. How old are you? Wow. 28. That's going to hurt you. But won't you Monday gift them something? Uh, yeah. I didn't know today was your birthday. I'm, I'm going to put to gifts. But if you we head over to the, the Lobos section mm. over here and take some shots, I can expose okay. you, you to You know, we, we drink Casa Dragonas up here. Okay, well... And also, too, you know, Brandon is from Ghana, mm-hmm. right? I was born in America, but yeah, my family's from Ghana. And you go to Ghana often? Yes. Do you abide by the rules of Ghana? I know where you're going with this. Using sex toys, engaging in oral, anal sex is illegal in Ghana. Okay. I live here. <laughs> So you use sex toys. So you do use sex toys. Okay. Am I done? Am I done? Now go now. Yes, you're finished. You're finishing your But salute to Brandon out there. All right, when we come back, we got the positive notice at Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Lauren LaRosa is here, our special guest host. Yes. And it's time to get up out of here. Give them your um, Twitters and Instagram so they can uh, har- har- harass you on social media, Lauren. Jesus uh, Lauren LaRosa, L-O-R-E-N-L-O-R-O-S-A, and Brown Girl Grinding, all common spelling. Make sure you're following us. That's the group chat. And check out the podcast, Brown Girl Grinding with Lauren LaRosa. It's a little bit more of me and things that y'all can argue with me about. So, And Lauren, ahead, don't be do ducking that. the smoke. I don't. I, I really don't. You gave me a good word yesterday, though, because I was I was going to lean in to some more some smoke. But they're supposed to comment. That's the whole point. Yes, <laughs> I love making people feel away, good or bad. I mean, that, but that's the point, right? Like when you uh, express yourself and you express your opinions, and you know, they're genuine and authentic opinions. They're going to re- uh, elicit genuine and authentic reactions from people, and they some of them might be good. Some of them might not be good, but guess what? They're doing their job. We're doing ours. That's how you summarize the rage that you cause in people. Yes. Okay, great. Well, yeah, y'all, that's me. All right. Well, leave us on a positive note. Listen, positive note is simply this, man. Once you are locked in with yourself, you realize a lot of stuff is not worth your time and energy at all. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues 
pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.